it is finally time to break down the NFL playoffs as the matchups are set and we're going to look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend on this episode of Baller Island. We will also recap the national championship game for college football as the Michigan Wolverines won their first title since 1997 with a big win over Washington. We will discuss that. We'll discuss all the craziness from Week 18, including the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East for the fourth straight year after defeating the Dolphins, the Jaguars losing out on not only the AFC South title, but also a playoff spot. They are out. Houston is in. They win the division for the first time in four years. And the Pittsburgh Steelers found a way to squeeze in as the seventh seed. We got it all covered on this episode of the pod. And we will also talk about each of the six playoff matchups this weekend in the wildcard rounds. Keep it locked. A lot of playoff talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What's cracking, folks? Welcome back to the island. Jay Sahoda, Allahi, you know the deal. We have a national champion that has been crowned last night. The Michigan Wolverines took down the Washington Huskies in dominating fashion, 34-13. Jim Harbaugh is finally a national champion. What a storyline there. We'll get into that. The playoff matchups are finally set. Super wildcard weekend will get underway on Saturday. We'll get into all six of those matchups as well. A lot to get to. A lot of week 18 to get over some playoff. Um, playoff, uh, not playoffs, sorry. Head coach vacancies are now available. The Commanders, Falcons, and surprisingly, the Tennessee Titans are looking for a head coach. We'll get into that as well. B, the Patriots season is over. God, um, but a lot more stuff to get to. No, that's been over. Um, but yeah, no, I can't catch a break, I guess, of football because I was riding high on uh, Washington all year. So uh, we'll start there. Um, um, just mad. I, I, I honestly thought we were going to get a way better game. That game just did nothing for me. Um, even like Michigan, I thought didn't play super well. Um, and the score was a lot crazier than it kind of looked like. But I don't know. It was just a weird, sloppy kind of. Nerves everywhere kind of game. That's what I took away from it. No, it it actually was. Like, it was not a pretty game on either side, honestly. So, I see exactly what you saw. Um, even for... Congratulations to him. What an incredible season. I think he's one of, if not the most winningest quarterback um, in Michigan history. Like, 26-1, and one, which is just... His only loss coming in last year's Fiesta Bowl against TCU... McCarthy's been phenomenal all year long. Yesterday, I'll be honest, was not his greatest game. Um, it was Michigan power run game that led them to victory. Blum was fantastic. Donovan Edwards was insane. Um, they even got their third their third running back as well. A defense was swimming Michael Penix all day long. And I do want to talk about Michael Penix because he was hurt. He was hurting later on. That those ribs were killing him. I honestly Hats off to Michael Penix because he had an absolutely stellar season. Disappointing that it came down late in the national championship. He wasn't able to do Michael Penix things because it was pretty cut and clear. But he couldn't throw over 20 yards. He was throwing it out of bounds. He was under duress constantly. He just couldn't do his same thing. Dylan Johnson had like three different injuries going on with his knee, his ankle, his shoulder. That's, that's up to him for going out there and still battling. 
what a season for the Washington Huskies. I just think things for them was just amazing. I mean, they were dominant, dominant in so many different areas, so many different ways. They gave Washington so many different looks that they haven't seen all season. Um, just hats off to Michigan, hats off to Washington. I'm both on a great season. But I got to talk about Jim Harbaugh real quick because obviously it's been well known. I've been a big Jim Harbaugh guy since his Niners. Really has been the guy that instilled 49ers winning football for me. The Niners sucked. Harbaugh got there and all of a sudden I'm like, holy, the Niners are good again. And then it was hard to see him leave, honestly. It was hard to see him leave. And I saw a tweet yesterday saying um, someone was like, why are 49er fans so obsessed with Jim Harbaugh still, even though it's been like 10 years since he left? And it's because it's exactly what I just said. We had great years with him. We had three. It was a short stint, but he led us to three NFC championships. And this is what Jim Harbaugh does. Wherever he goes, he succeeds. He did it at San Diego. He did it at Stanford. He did it with the 49ers. He did it with Michigan, but even cooler for him to do it in Michigan is knowing that this is his alma mater. He was the quarterback for Michigan back in the 80s, was pretty decent for Michigan, comes back as their head coach. It started off kind of shaky. They lost Ohio State, what, like the first five or six times. It was not pretty. Finally, they break that in 2021, and since then, I feel like that was the game that really broke everything open for Harbaugh because once they did that, then they won a few Big Ten championships, but they still, and then they finally made the college football playoff, but they couldn't win a bowl game. And then they finally won a bowl game last week against Alabama in that instant. And then they got the job done last night in the national championship. Congratulations, Coach Harbaugh. I couldn't be more happier for him. It's been the saying for years. I mean, I've had the saying for years, the Harbaugh couldn't win the big one, but Harbaugh has felt it himself at his own family dinner, as a, at his own family dinner table, because his father was a national champion. John Harbaugh obviously beat him in the Super Bowl in 2013. And now Jim Harbaugh can finally say, Ha, I have a national championship under my belt. Congratulations to him, man. I, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, big time there. Um, I think that's probably the biggest storyline of this whole thing. Um, you covered that, but I think that the Penix part of it, because um, he's probably the second biggest star in this game after Harbaugh, and um, I think everybody was kind of hoping, like, you know, if he could put put together a classic, yeah. you know, um, and his draft stock would have just gone absolutely nuts, but we kind of looked at it, and I still think, like, I mean, the, the key to that game for me last week was that offensive line of Washington versus the defensive line of Michigan. And um, they totally took, took Penix off his game, even though Washington has the better receivers um, against the secondary of Michigan. It's just like, you have no time to throw. You can't even exploit that. There was a, a fourth down where, you know, could have been seven and, you know, receiver kind of got tripped up. Some just kind of like balls didn't really bounce their way early. Um and it kind of just went downhill from there. And then it was like they played really poorly. And then all of a sudden they scored and it was had the ball going into the second half and the chance to tie the game. Um, so they were they hung around. But then it's just you we see stuff like this on the Michigan side where it's like, who? How did he um, get a 41-yard touchdown or 46? You know what I mean? Just random guys just kind of 
go off. You don't expect it. And then, dude, that's a game changer right there. Talk about, like, the X factor of all X factors. Two, two touches, 87 yards, two touchdowns in your first two carries. It's just like, I mean, you do that, there's no way you're losing a championship game. 100%. Don, Don Edwards has had it throughout the season. Um, and he kind of got lost in it because of Blake Corum's resurgence. Obviously, Blake Corum was hurt down the stretch in last year's season and didn't get to play in that TCU game. Donovan Edwards did. Um, so for him to come in in this national championship and break onto the scene and get two touchdowns, I thought was huge. But this was a classic Jim Harbaugh game plan, and it got the job done. And that's power run game and win with defense. I saw this for the three years that he was with the Niners. That's how it was. It was run the ball with Frank Gore and win with that unbelievable defense led by Patrick Willis and co. That's how it was, and that's how this Michigan game kind of went for it. But, yeah, going back to the Michael Penix, and like I said, it's if he wasn't hurt, I think it would have been a little bit of a different game. And they did they did hang around. It was 20-13 to 13 for a second they were driving, and then Michigan on that I think was fourth down. They were inside Michigan's 20, and then they couldn't get the job done, and that kind of just swapped the momentum right there. And then Michigan went down the field, scored a touchdown, and that was wraps from there. Um, but I, st- I still Michael Penix had an amazing year. Washington had an amazing year. Um, it will be where Penix ends up getting drafted come draft season in April. Um, and then, I mean, what a season it was overall. So seeing where he ends up landing will be very Um And what happens with Michigan? Because does McCarthy stay or leave? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't know really in the NFL. Like I don't know what's out for him. Like maybe like a backup role right now. Jim McCarthy had an unbelievable college career, unbelievable college. But I, he didn't really like crazy in the same. I mean, he was ten for eighteen for one hundred forty yards. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I, that's that's what I expected of him too. It's not like um, where I was. Expecting more out of Penix, um, but like McCarthy's not—he's um, like he's not you know amongst the elite guys. He's not a first rounder, not a second rounder. He might be a fourth or fifth rounder, um, but like, and that's with winning a national championship, right? So uh, you stick around next year. You got to make a big leap in your own skill set. Because uh, either you going back-to-back aren't that great. Um, and your draft stock at a national championship level is already pretty pretty good, right? So it's like you come back next and you better take a huge lead because if we're talking NFL, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think he's still like a few steps away from that. That's what I think too. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So does McCarthy decide to leave now and see what's out there for him in the draft right now? We'll run it back it try to go back to back with Michigan get that the bigger story obviously here and I know it was highlighted yesterday but Harbaugh was like kind of he, he cut the story right up like right away and was like now can I just enjoy tonight and as he deserves like anyone anyone who's you dumbass for asking that when buddy just won the national championship like he doesn't care what he's doing he just accomplished something he's been trying to do his whole life um but a looming question is, does Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan and go for one of the current NFL jobs? No, the Chargers and Raiders have been swirling. Their names have been connected for a little bit the last few days. So, an eye on too. But congratulations to Michigan. Been a long time coming. Since 1997 was the last time they won the national championship. Um, 
so wow. I mean, it's a unbelievable season, fifteen and zero. But again, one more point on the McCarthy thing too. Yeah, I agree with you. Like again, he's he's a great quarterback who's had an unreal t- uh, career at Michigan. Definitely will go up there as one of the next to play. But in terms of an NFL career, I don't far. However, JJ McCarthy may have not done anything that special last night, but in the bowl, that drive to lead them down the field in the in the dying minutes of that Rose Bowl game to tie it up. That, I think, will be the defining drive when you look back at J.J. McCarthy's Michigan career because it is those moments and those big games and those big-time moments that if you step up as a quarterback on a game-winning drive, That's that, that, that at the end of the day is what it takes. And McCarthy was clutch, super clutch at times. And today, that's all that matters is, is clutch. And we're going to be talking a lot about that on this into the NFL playoffs um, because – it, we're going to be looking at a lot of these quarterbacks and saying who's going to step up because this is now the time of year where this is this is where legacies are made. This is where your careers, you know, we go when we go back and we look at someone, it's in the playoffs, right? What did they do in the playoffs? And that's ultimately what we're going to look. So um, we're going to dive into all of that then. But Michigan defeats Washington 34-13 in the national championship um, as the college football season ends, and that will be the final team college football playoff against 12. And I got to say, it was, a, it was an extremely enjoyable college football playoff, honestly. That was probably one of the more entertaining college football playoffs that I've watched. Yeah, definitely the first, first uh, last, last weekend's games were unreal. Um, I really wish we got a better final, though. Agreed. It, it felt like I thought we were going to. But the first two games were awesome. just money. Money. Like, uh, I don't even – like, I wanted Florida State to get in and all that. But, like, after those first two games, like, I – who even thinking about that? Who even cares? You know, hundred percent. It's just like that's the right four. That's all. That's all. Everybody's watching those two games, being like, not even thinking about the the whole what four should have got in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to week eighteen. Here we go. We can start with two ways here. The two big headlines from week eighteen are both kind of come from the AFC, and that's what in the hell happened in the AFC South and the Buffalo Bills went from 6-6 six and six and on the brink of missing the playoffs as the 11 seed heading into Week 12 when they lost to Philadelphia in that great game. They have now won five straight games, and the Buffalo Bills are the number two seed in the AFC. I thought we would be saying that a month ago, that the Buffalo Bills would end up being the number two seed in the AFC come the playoffs, because that's exactly what happened here. Um, B, my question to you, this was a sloppy game. Bills won at 21-14. Allen was not great, but Allen was Josh Allen, and he got the job done. He still turned the ball over multiple times, but when time came down to it, he made some unbelievable throws down the stretch. My question to you is, was this game more about Buffalo's comeback of winning the AFC East or Miami's downfall of losing the AFC East? Dude, I don't even think you can look at it like that. It's like both of these teams are who we think they are, regardless of whether they're the two or they're the six. Like, um, I Tua guess so. yeah. and Josh Allen, both of them for as long as they like, I, I'm not trusting either of them. And that game showed me no difference. Like, <laughs> both of them were like garbage to me in that game. It was like, okay, I don't want you. I can't really believe in you. Um, and it's just like, okay, whoever ekes out this game is doing nothing for me. So, 
Um, yeah, Buffalo went from like whatever the 11 seed to the two seed, but I mean, this AFC just turned out to be nobody wants it. Like nobody in this AFC except for really Baltimore um, was playing like they're actually going for a goal here. Everybody's just kind of like, you know, nah, we don't want it. You you take it, and then they're turning it over right back. Honestly, this game this game was the Bills and Dolphins season summarized in one game. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that that is a good call, actually. It it actually was summed up as that, but. I'm actually going to slightly disagree with you because I think Josh Allen absolutely did. He did tell us exactly who he is in this game because he turned the ball over, but he still won the game. Having said that, and this was, I was going to, I was going to say this line when we broke down the, but I'm just going to say it now. The Buffalo Bills will go as far as Josh Allen can take them. And Josh Allen is good enough to take them as far as Las Vegas and his turnovers is such a problem that the reason they lose on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is how drastic this this whole thing is with Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills because he is that good. So it kind of showed that we're like, okay, I don't think the Bills are that great, whether they were the two or the six, and his turnovers are a problem because they are a huge problem because it will be the reason why the Bills don't make a deep playoff run. Having said that, Josh Allen also showed me he does have what it takes because Josh Allen, in my opinion, is one of the most clutch quarterbacks in this postseason right now. If I now, if I need a quarterback to go on a drive late in the game, two minute drill, I want to take Josh Allen. Like he's almost automatic. If you need to go down the field, get a field goal, get a touchdown, whatever you need, Josh Allen will get you down the field because that drive late in the fourth quarter, he made two or three just incredible throws. And I was like, it, it, is, it is these plays as, as to why we talk about Josh Allen as one of the best players in the NFL. Yes, he makes those crazy mistakes. Yes, he's insanely reckless. But then when you need him to make a play, he'll make a play. And then he'll get those first downs. He'll use his legs. He's so versatile. So when it comes to Buffalo, I honestly, it's they're going to ride or die with 17 at this point. And there is not a better opportunity for the Buffalo Bills to make it back to the AFC Championship game and have a chance at the Super Bowl in this season, honestly. But it's all hinges on Josh Allen. And it's, I guess, in a way, yeah, you you are right with what I said because that is who the Buffalo Bills are. That's who they've been the whole season. But I think with when it comes to Josh Allen, it will either be, it's so drastic with his play. If he doesn't turn the ball over, they could go as far as the Super Bowl. 100%, I believe that. But if he continues to be this reckless... I don't, I don't know if they're going to make it. So it really all depends on that. This defense has somehow survived the injuries. The O-line has somehow survived the injuries. They're running the, again, they're running the ball. Can this Buffalo team run the football in the elements? Because we thought they were going to go on the road. Now they're going to host the playoff game, possibly even two playoff games again. So we're going to see if this time running the ball will help a little bit more. Pass the ball a little bit more. Because once again, Stephon Diggs has been a no-show the last few weeks. But... It all goes. It all comes down to Josh Allen in the end. For me, it's more about the Dolphins, man. I, if you were to tell me Buffalo's going to win out and win five in a row and win the AFC East, I probably would have believed you more than saying the Dolphins are like what eight and three right now and they're going to lose all these games. They're going to lose the AFC. So I would have been like, "Are you serious? Like, nah. Like, like this team is. They have all the pieces there, and for them, I sense it more. Like." Buffalo had a brutal first 12 games, 
But then again, they, they caught fire when they needed to. And when they needed to, they won it. Miami had all the opportunity in front of them. And they were the ones who were just like, nah, man, we're just going to fold. We're done. I know they didn't have Mostert. I know they didn't have Waddle. But still, it's like, bro, come on, man. But, like, that's why, like, I'm more, I'm not as surprised um, by that at all. Because, like, if you told me the Bills and Dolphins, who was going to come out of this, um, I mean, like, just based off of, like, we've kind of known the Dolphins have been frauds for, like, three years now. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Um, so like, I don't know why, like, this shouldn't be a surprise for you to, for them, for to be frauds again. Um, and then I guess the bills, I mean, the bills have also kind of been frauds, but like, at least on a different level of fraudulent, if you know what I'm saying, like, at least they've been amongst the elite, um, teams. So for them to get back there, it's like, okay, at least we've seen them kind of flirt in those circles before where it's like, it feels like every single year, it's just been the dolphins not living up to the expectations. Yeah, I think the better word for me to use is you're right. Is you're right. Surprise is the wrong word to use. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because all year I wanted to believe in this team. I love Mike McDaniel. I do. I am a tool believer. I think this defense is all the pieces. I know they've been super banged up and they lost Bradley Chubb and they, they, they lost more than Bradley Chubb. Like they've been banged up all year long. And like I said, they were without two of their best players on offense um, late in the season here with Moster and Jalen Waddle injured. So I know they've been injured, but again, it's like if you want to show that you're a top team in the AFC, you got to win game. And it's like Buffalo practically almost gave the game to you. Josh Allen was like, here, you want to win? Hey, we won the AFC three times. You want a chance? Here you go. Here's the football. You do with it. And Tua was like, no, 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 it's okay. You take it for the fourth straight time. It's like, dude, come on. Like if you want to take it, take it from the team. That was more than attainable. To get, out, to get out there and win that game on primetime at home, that was a huge letdown, I think, for Miami. So, yeah, I think surprise the wrong word. I'm very disappointed in this team. And you look at it all year. Look at the teams they've won. They finished 11-6, and six, and these are the teams they've beaten. The Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Giants, the Panthers, the Patriots, Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Jets, Cowboys. Those are, lit- those are literally the most garbage teams in the NFL. And the crazy thing is, as I saw the stats, the Patriots beat more teams above 500 than the Dolphins did this year. <laughs> I think the, the Cardinals did too. Um, but, like, we've known it since week three when it was like, okay, the Dolphins can't beat anybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they've had – it's not like they haven't had any chances. Like, they've had – it's not like, oh, my God, okay, they, they've beaten who's in front of them. They just haven't played anybody. But, no, they've had enough chances to – beat somebody that we can put a little respect on but every single time without fail for three years they can't beat anybody oh 100 100%, 100%. i mean they got swept by the bills last the chiefs two teams who we thought were two of the better teams in the nfl who have looked like trash late um and they got absolutely uh, they got killed by the ravens they beat the cowboys and i think the most embarrassing loss of the season was that loss to tennessee on Monday night in week 14 was just like, how the hell did you lose to the Tennessee Titans in a game where you were up by two scores late in the fourth? They still somehow find a way to lose. And we're honestly at the point where it's like, how many more opportunities can we give a team? Yet, I'm still going into this weekend thinking, well, Miami, yeah, you found... But you now you still have another chance. Primetime, Saturday night, at 
the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Tyreek, here you go. Here's your opportunity. This is as big of an opportunity. This will be Tua's playoff debut. This is Tyreek's homecoming to Arrowhead. There is not a better opportunity to shut everyone up than this. But what are the Dolphins probably going to do? Lose to a Chiefs point since like week 10. And that's the annoying part about it is like, if you look big pictures, like, dude, I don't trust any single person in this whole playoffs at all. Like, which is just like, I mean, I don't remember going through a playoffs where it's like, just picking through this playoffs is going to be so hard because I literally can't trust a single quarterback. Hundred um, percent. When it, you know, like even the guy with the resume in Mahomes, it's like, holy, like, how am I supposed to trust this after watching this whole season? You know. Go. Flacco's probably the most I mean, trustworthy quarterback in the AFC right now. That's why that's the dark horse pick. That's the dark horse. Pick, <laughs> Unreal, unbelievable. Um. AFC South was just a it, um, Jacksonville found a way to lose five of six and ended up losing AFC East. And forget that they missed the playoffs altogether. So the Jaguars are out after falling to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what was the score? Like twenty to twenty. Vrabel's out, which I think is also a huge storyline there. Um, and. Knocked off the Colts on Saturday night, which was a great game. C.J. Stroud was magnificent. And D'Amico Ryans actually did it. D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans did it. Are you honestly? I thought it was crazy in the offseason when I was like, watch out for the Texans. They, they might get hot late in the season, but I think they'll still go 7-10. and 10. No, 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 no. Flip it, and they're going to go 10-7, and 7 and they're going to win the AFC South because that's what the Houston Texans did. Round of applause for D'Amico Ryans, man. That's a, that, that is an incredible accomplishment. What a season. What a year one for him and C.J. Stroud. I mean, I, I couldn't be happier for D'Amico Ryans, but man, what a, what a turn of events in the AFC South. Jacksonville could have been the one seed a month ago, and they, instead, they missed the playoffs altogether. Nuts. Honestly, I feel like in a year of so many failures from like the AFC, where it's like every single team in the AFC is having a down year except Baltimore. That's true. Um, uh, like, if it wasn't for that case, like, everybody should be ripping Jacksonville. Like, absolutely ripping Jacksonville. Because this was supposed to be the year where after last year, you know, you got you dipped your toes in the water for the playoffs. Like, you know, we get all that. Now this is the year Trevor Lawrence. Like this is this is the year he breaks out to the scene. Yeah. Maybe he's like gets to that you know like a burrow breakout or whatever. Um, and this season they had was so like just mid, so mid. Um, they didn't take any steps forward, and they lose this second worst division in football basically. Um, and you just gave it up basically. What you said in the last six weeks, you said. They just gave it up. Like, they just stopped playing and just gave up the division. It's honestly, like, that is one of the most, like, pathetic um, seasons, man. Like, I can't believe, like, they didn't make the playoffs. It's so bad. So bad. And nobody's talking about it because there's all these other teams that have been underperforming to their expectations. But, like, this is just awful. Yeah, no, it's it's brutal, man. And. Trevor Lawrence thing, I mean, we've been talking about it all year on, on the pod here, but I think more people, more, like Trevor Lawrence had a brutal year. 
And for Doug Peterson, who I thought, I mean, we all thought way more highly of him. Like to to do something like this, characteristic of him to lead a team who was eight and three and then lose five or six and then miss the playoffs. There's something that we didn't expect out of Jacksonville, and all they had to do was beat Tennessee, and they'd be hosting Cleveland on Saturday. And instead, they found a way to lose against the Tennessee Titans. It, it was a weird, it was a weird game. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that from Jacksonville to fall as flat as they did down the stretch. But we definitely need to go more in that, I think, throughout the offseason because, yeah, Trevor Lawrence was he was awful this season. Like when again, like you just said, you summed it up like nobody really jumped off the tape this year in the AFC. And this was supposed to be the year that Trevor Lawrence did it. I mean, they were in the divisional round and lost by a possession to the defending champion Chiefs last season in the playoffs. This was supposed to be the year they take the leap. And instead, they gave up the AFC South to the Texans, who were the second worst team in football last year. That's That, to me, is insane. And the Colts even had a chance of winning the division, too, um, with a backup quarterback. So you look at all those things. It's a huge disappointment for the Jaguars. I mean, we talk about the, the Dolphins, so many, the Chargers, so many teams in the AFC that I think just underperformed this season, and the Jaguars are another one there. But congratulations to the Texans. Um, and the other domino to fall with Jacksonville losing, obviously, sent the Bills to the playoffs before that Sunday night game even happened, gave the Texans the division championship for the first time in four years, and also sent Mike Tomlin and Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers to the playoffs again. I don't know how Mike Tomlin does this every single year. It's like every other year he finds himself as a, as a wild card team in the playoffs. Pittsburgh's not a great team. They're not a bad team, but yet they always find a way to somehow squeeze into the playoffs. They're it's like, like the second time in the last three years they've done it. They're like the freaking Miami Heat, man. It's like every time... That's they, a good think, call. Hey, that's a very good... Every time you think they're dead, they have some <laughs> black magic that it's just like... I don't know what's going on. Every single time, it's like, no, these guys are scrubs, man. Get them off my TV. And then they sign somewhere else and they turn to scrubs. But when they're in Pittsburgh or when they're in Miami, they're all pro-level guys, especially against, you know, the Celtics. But it's <laughs> That's a great comparison. That's actually a really good comparison. They, they're totally like that. Pittsburgh, they, the only thing is I, I don't think they're going to make a championship run like the Heat did. Um, especially with Mason Rudolph, a quarterback, and the worst news possible today, TJ Watt injured himself in that Ravens game on Saturday. He will be out on Sunday's clash against the Buffalo Bills. So that's a huge loss for Pittsburgh to not have him there. If they did, I mean, I mean that just changes the whole, the whole game there, but he won't be there. He injured his MCL, so he's out for that game. So the Steelers are in the playoffs again. In the NFC, Green Bay just had to win. They... In ugly fashion, and they're in. I called the Packers making the playoffs on week 18 as the seventh seed back in August. Ding, ding, ding. I was correct about that. Dallas Cowboys, NFC champions, first time in two years. They won that. And then the Eagles, Lord have mercy. B, well, we thought it couldn't get any worse for this damn squad. They outdid themselves on Sunday against the New York Giants. My God, dude! It's like, I can't, I, why does it feel like every team is just like garbage? Like, I, I, you just look through it. Like, it's like, I, I mean, we've been saying it all year. It's like the Niners and Baltimore, but like, not just like a class above these teams. It's like these teams just can't stay out their own way. Eagles just constantly shoot themselves in the foot. Like, it's like, 
um, what we should have kind of saw this coming a little bit. Like, I don't think neither of us have mentioned this one time, or I haven't heard this one time anywhere. But like the Super Bowl hangover, dude. I think this is hit. hit Great the, call. The Eagles crazy because I mean, there's no other explanation. It's the same team. I get the coordinator situation switched up a little bit, but still, this team should have been better. This team should have been at the top of the NFC with, with the Niners. That's a great call. Yeah, no, the Super Bowl hangover is real, man. It hits every single runner-up, and it has been for the last several years, even for those that make the playoff that happened. Um, one that I it can recall. this year, too, to be honest. Yeah, and it's funny because you don't usually see that with a Super Bowl champion. You don't usually see that happen, but this time it did for them. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, look at the Ram- the Rams last went from winning the Super Bowl and missed the playoffs altogether last season, right? This year, Eagles and Chiefs. I mean, oof, I mean, it's been real ugly for them. Um, I look back to the Falcons when they lost to your Patriots in the Super Bowl years ago. That was bad. And yeah. the year after that, they made the playoffs, but they were like they were almost like the Chiefs this year. They went who was scoring like 30 40 points a game to scoring like to winning games like 23 17 or like 21 20 like it was not the same yeah. falcons team i think the worst one was like um that panthers broncos year in the super bowl good call too yeah um, the panthers were super mid the next year too yeah they were, they were like 15 and 1 that year um and then the next day i don't even think they made the playoffs i think that was like oh yeah that was a hell of a hangover yep Yep, exactly. Right when the, the Niners went to Super Bowl and lost in 2019, they got absolutely demolished by injuries the next year. Like it's it, it happens, man. It's a real thing. It happens, and yeah, it's a great call for Philadelphia. Like a lot, I know the, there is the whole coordinator thing, and even in those examples that I use, like with the Falcons one, Kyle Shanahan went on to become the Niners coach, so that was obviously it a big normally, one. It normally does happen, though. Like it always happens. If you're a Super Bowl team, you're gonna lose. Your you lose the coordinator. Yep, it happens almost every single season. Yep happens almost every single time um but still like that's not an excuse when you have a team as talented as the philadelphia eagles and as talented as the kansas city chiefs are it's just it's not it's it's inexcusable but now it's put up or shut up time so we'll see what happens to them in the playoffs the eagles having said that did find themselves in the playoffs yeah so then to round out the week 18 score lines the bills won the afc east over miami 21 14 steelers beat the and texans beat the colts 23 19 to end up clinching a playoff berth, which ended up turning into winning the AFC South. But what a heartbreaking way to end the season for the Indianapolis Colts be. Mm-hmm. And um, I still give them applause because they weren't even supposed to be here. No, all the quarterback stuff they've been through. Um, you just, I'm kind of excited to watch them next year. Run it, run it back with a healthy squad, see what they can do because um, they might, they might be in, they might be in the mix. Agreed. They might be better than people think. Hats off to Shane Steichen. I didn't expect it. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in football, and they ended up being right in the thick of things late in the season there. So uh, hats off to them. Rams beat the Niners. Congratulations, McVay. It took to start Carson Wentz to break your regular season streak. So the nine-game regular season streak is over, and the Rams won 21-20. Saints beat the Falcons 48-17. Yo, did you see what happened at the end of that game, mm-hmm. too? Eesh, eesh. Ugly. Mm. Real ugly. Uh, I kind of find it funny to be honest. I mean, like, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, James, James is one of a kind, man. One of a kind. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's also just with with Arthur. We actually back to the James thing. I actually didn't realize what 
what exactly did Jameis say? I know he said something, but like I didn't. Oh, so it was um, apparently Dennis Allen called for a knee, and then Jameis Winston and the whole st- uh, team was like, "Nah, screw that." So they lined up in victory formation and and tried to score off of it. Um, so it was like Jameis Winston kind of said, "Nah, screw that. Uh, let's go for this," and then everybody just went on board with it. <laughs> Despite oh Dennis wow! Saying, Let's take a knee. Oh, oh, actually, that's is that actually what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's wow, that's um, that's a that's a little interesting. I thought that was, wow. um, yeah. Wow, that was interesting. Because Arthur Smith was mad heated at the end of that game. So that was mm-hmm. damn. That's 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 pretty hilarious, actually. Um, Titans um, beat the Jags because uh, they wanted to get um, Jamal. Was it Jamal Williams a touchdown? Yeah, I think they wanted to get him a touchdown, so they ran it. That's hilarious. That's so jokes. That is so jokes. Yeah, well, I mean, if I think that also had to do with Arthur Smith just letting out his frustration on the season in itself, and then obviously he ended up getting canned shortly after that. Um, but yeah, brutal ending for the Falcons season as well. Titans beat the Jags 28-20. Lions, Vikings 30-20. Um, but the big news there, Sam Laporta got banged up in that one. Jets beat the Patriots seventeen to three. Bucks beat the Panthers nine to nothing. Not a very they inspiring. Were fire. They were playing on fire. Yeah, they that... lost that one. Um, and they, Yikes! They, they almost gave away the division. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, that was a very uninspiring way to to clinch the division, but the Bucks did it. Bengals beat the Browns. Seahawks beat the Cardinals. Packers beat the Bears. Giants over the Eagles, Raiders over the Broncos, Chiefs over the Chargers, Cowboys clinch the NFC East with a big win over the Commanders. All right, here we go. Playoff time. Let's get it. In the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens got the number one seed, so they got the bye week. Buffalo jumped up to the two seed. They will host Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday afternoon. The sixth seed went to the Miami Dolphins. They'll head to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the 3-6 matchup. And then Joe Flacco will take on young C.J. Stroud, who will make his playoff debut Saturday to open up Wild Card Weekend on Saturday. And I think the storyline there is if Deshaun Watson had been healthy, whew, that would have been another added storyline to this Wild Card Weekend, having Deshaun Watson go back to Houston to take on the new guy, the new king in Houston in C.J. Stroud. But instead, it will be Joe Flacco. In the NFC, it is the Niners that get the bye week and then Green Bay, the seventh seed, will head over to Dallas. Mike McCarthy will play his former team Sunday in the 4 o'clock spot. The Rams and the Lions, it will happen. Matthew Stafford will go back to Detroit for the Lions' first ever playoff game at Ford Field. I mean, I, it really doesn't get any better than that when it comes to storylines. And then you got the Eagles heading to Tampa on Monday night. Where do you want to start? Um... Let's start with that Rams one. That's that's the best story to me. I like that one. Easily. Easily. I mean, it, like I said, it doesn't get any... The Rams benched their starters on Sunday against the Niners. Still got the job done. If they had lost, they would have gone to Dallas. Um, so you can thank Jake Moody and, his, and he decided to shank two kicks that ended up sending them to Detroit. And then the Lions... I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Just forget I said anything. The Lions... The Lions, however, did decide to play their starters, um, and that ended up might have cost them Sam Laporta, who's questionable to play on Sunday, which I think is just a huge loss there. But obviously, the big storyline here, Matthew Stafford 
taking on Jared Goff. We know the deal here. Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time since the trade. And Jared Goff playing against the Rams. And we know Jared Goff has talked about it quite a few times publicly about his ending with the Rams. And it wasn't pretty. Um, he wanted to talk to Sean McVay then there. Nobody wanted to talk to him. And he asked him, what did I do wrong? Is there anything that I did wrong? And they never gave him a straight answer. Sent him to Detroit. And I got to say, looking back at the trade now, B, this was a win-win, a true win-win trade looking back at it. And you don't see that happen every day when you look at a trade like this because Stafford went to the Rams. They won the Rams wanted to do. Goff goes to the Lions, and I think everyone, including myself, thought he was just going to be a bridge quarterback and they were going to start fresh and draft someone. Instead, they decide to build around Jared Goff, and he ends up leading them to their first division title in 30 years. Yeah, I agree. Win-win. Um, now, this game's going to be super exciting. I heard the tickets for this game, the average price is $600. <laughs> By far the most expensive Woo! ticket um, on the weekend. Uh, so those guys at Detroit are definitely in for this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I think when you look at this matchup, again, I think it's, for me, I'm going to look at the experience of the Rams. And I know they're also a fairly young team. However, you again, they talk about the big three. I've been talking about them all season. Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup has not been their top player all year long. He hasn't. Center. But you know Aaron Donald's always there leading that D-line. But then you got the rookies, the rookie sensations for McVay on offense. And Puka Nakua, who broke the record. Congratulations for him. Most receiving yards um, for a rookie in NFL history. And then Kyron Williams, who's an absolute beast. Um back there and I think honestly I was thinking about this the other day this offense is so much more versatile when you have a good running back and McVay hasn't been able to find that piece since the whole Todd Gurley debacle that makes this offense so much better when you have a running back like that Kyron Williams I think is the x-factor going into this game here um for Detroit they have all the pieces yes obviously we're looking at Laporta if Laporta can't go I think that's a huge deal for Detroit he's a big part of what they do on offense um can they run the ball? Because obviously we know they got the dynamic duo with Monty and Jameer Gibbs. But it's going to come down for me. Can Detroit handle the moment? That, I think, is the biggest thing that I'm going to look at. in this prime time. The lights are shining bright. All eyes are on you. Winner, go home. You got the whole thing with Stafford coming back. You know, Goff's going to be super amped up. This almost just, like, I, I could just smell it now. Jared Goff's going to throw an interception on the first possession. Yeah, no, I uh, that's where I'm headed to. I, I don't know. To me, <clears throat> I'm, listen, me and you both love Campbell, but I think McVeigh is just in a different ballpark, especially um, with all the experience he's been there, done that. This is his, uh, Dan Campbell's first rodeo with it. Um, I like the experience. I'm so with it. I don't know. It's just going to be too much emotion in the building in Detroit, but. I got the Rams in this one. I'm taking the Rams 23-17. Yeah, I think when I look at this game, I look, I'm going to be rooting for the Lions because I don't want to see the Rams. <laughs> like, honestly, I would rather not see the Rams. And if the Rams win, there is a pretty good likelihood. Or there's a pretty likely chance that the Rams will end up playing the Niners on the divisional weekends. And I don't really want that matchup. Um, so I'm going to be rooting for the Lions. But when it just, you said it best. Of course, we love Dan Campbell. I love what he did. I love the story. But Sean McVay, 
has the edge in this matchup left and right. This dude's won a Super Bowl. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's won in the playoffs. He's been here. He's done that. Sean McVay knows what it takes, and he's got the experience. Dan Campbell does not. This is foreign territory for them. In the, I think the lights are going to be too bright for them. I'm going to take the Rams and their experience 28-24 in this matchup. And Matthew Stafford, what an opportunity for him. I mean, he's at the point now where it's, you know, he's got the hardware. He's done that. This is almost just gravy at this point for Matthew Stafford. You know what I'm saying? He was one of the greatest Lions quarterbacks in the history of their franchise. Goes to L.A., finally wins a Super Bowl. He has a Lombardi. He has a ring. And now he gets to go back to Detroit, the place that gave him a home, the, the place that drafted him first overall. And he gets to go back there and beat them in their first ever playoff game. Like, who would have who would have said that years ago? That Matthew that the, when the Detroit Lions do win the division and they host the playoff game, Matthew Stafford will be there. He'll just be playing on the other team. Crazy, crazy. And this the storylines like this as to why I love sports and I love the playoffs because it's just it's just too good to be true. But I think that the Rams will get the job done here. I think Puka Nuku and Kyron Williams have a big game. I don't think the lights will be too too bright for those two. Those two are just gamers and they fit McVay's style very well. Give me the Rams by four. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Puka's an absolute baller. I got yeah, Rams twenty three seventeen in this one. Um, it's gonna be good though. This is this is I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. That game will be Sunday night football on NBC. Um, stick it in the NFC. Let's go Green Bay Dallas. That will be Sunday four thirty in Jerry World. Um, big story here. Obviously, Mike McCarthy facing off against his former team. This will be Jordan Love's first playoff start. Um. The Packers, it's just been a roller coaster of a season here. And but for Matt LaFleur, I was thinking about this actually earlier today. Like for Matt LaFleur, this is a pretty because there was a lot going on there with moving on from Rodgers, moving on to Jordan Love, drafting Jordan Love experiment and for them to make the playoffs in Love's first season. LaFleur now making the playoffs for the fourth time in his five years since being the head coach of the Packers. I think this will be a good this will be a good coaching matchup because Matt LaFleur is another guy who's he's been there and he's done that too. And so's McCarthy. Like both of them have been in the playoffs. I think this will be a great coaching matchup, but Dallas is just too talented. Oh, the playoffs. I know when the playoffs um this is usually the time when the Cowboys fold, but Packers have enough to take down this Dallas team. I don't. I think I think they got enough to make it a game, and I think they can make it a game. Jordan Love, if he plays mistake-free, I think... And Dak Prescott, the same goes for him. Because Green Bay's defense is... They, they're not bad. They will give you a hard time. But Dallas, I just think... Him is Dak and CD. And the, man, when they get going, they are so hard to stop. I'll take the Cowboys 30... Obviously, the more important piece here. The Dallas Cowboys have yet to lose at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think... I don't think they're going to... To me, this looks like an extra regular season home game where I think this is a recipe for disaster. You have – sometimes we see Jordan Love play absolute garbage and then this super ball-hawking Cowboys turnover-hungry team uh, uh, in at home, which they've been at home. I like the Cowboys big. I think this is going to be a disaster for Jordan Love. Um, I like the Cowboys 35-13. Um, it could be. You know, going to the Packers thing, like – I get, you know, you made the playoffs. It's a great thing. But, like, I don't think they found their answer. Like, what you came into going in this season with was 
this is the year we find out if Jordan Love is worth keeping around long term. Is he our guy? Um, I don't even think that's answered after this year. Like, I don't think, um, I don't think he is their guy, but I don't think they know if he's their guy or if they're ready to move on. Like, I don't know um, if they answered that question this year. Now they they got to see another season, and obviously we got to see against the Cowboys on Sunday too. Let's see playoff game can he go toe-to-toe with Dak Prescott on the road like Aaron Rodgers would you know what I'm saying let's see if he could do that I do think Jordan Love sticks around another season um can he take another leap right I think there's a lot of things that I mean they they did beat the line but I'm saying like there are Green Bay that I think give them enough to go into next season I do agree with you Jordan it's not like Jordan Love didn't really do anything where you're like Oh my God! I really do think he's going to be like the next Aaron Rodgers or the next Brett Favre. Like I, I don't think he did anything this season. Oh, that he. But I think for them to make the playoffs in the first season with Jordan Love, I do think for them um, to end up getting in, that is a success. Now let now let's see how they do in the playoffs. Let's see how Jordan Love can do in Dallas. But it could go very. Like I, I could definitely see a world where it's a blowout and things go really south really quickly. Green Bay, but Cowboys in this one, thirty-one twenty-three. The last game in the NFC will go Monday night in Tampa. The Philadelphia Eagles will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This will be the second time in three years that these two card weekend. Obviously, the big story here. We know it. Everybody knows it. The Eagles have lost five of the last six. Things have been absolute train wreck for the squad. Tampa, like you said, playing with fire lately. I don't know if this team even wants to be here. So this is literally a game of who wants to move kicked by the Niners or Cowboys because that's probably what's going to happen to the winner of this game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name this game the Toast Bowl because the winner of this game is Toast. If not, they already are. A.J. Brown in this game, there's not really much I can look at. I'm just, I'm just more so like, it's really good or a bad way in this game? Because I feel like it could be either. You know, if you told me this game was going to happen three weeks ago, um, if you gave me the Tampa team of three weeks ago, there's no doubt in my mind I'd take Tampa. This is true. Um, this is true. But but the last two weeks, they, they gave me a, an uneasy feeling about how I feel about them. Like you said, it doesn't even feel like they want to be here. Um, same with the Eagles, to be honest, too. So now I'm, I'm kind of at a toss-up. Um, which is crazy to think that these teams would even be comparable at this point of the year. No, it is a shame that either Philly or Tampa is going to move on and either the Rams or the Lions after this weekend. Honestly, because I feel like Mm -hmm. the Rams and the Lions are so much better teams or are so much better than the Eagles and the Buccaneers are. But hey, it is what it is. But that's why I'm calling it the Toast Bowl because the winner of this game, they're toast. They're going to get smoked by whoever they play, whereas the Niners or the Cowboys are going to get killed. Um, I'll take the Eagles 23-20. I think the Eagles end up getting the job done here, but it's just it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I just don't think the Bucks have enough in. Said, I think neither of these teams want to be here. It's going to be an ugly game. Um, give me the Eagles by three. I, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go Tampa. Oh. I just don't. I think, I, I think this is just like an absolute train wreck for, for Philly the last hello you know, whatever, six weeks. And it's just, when it's bad, it's bad, and they just can't get out the phone. Give me Tampa um, 2017. That would be hilarious. If Tampa actually beat Philly, I would I, I would honestly 
die laughing. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, the Eagles' downfall has been funny enough. Where losing to Tampa, I think I would actually be like, okay, what the hell's actually wrong? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay, not at the well, point. Last last week wasn't a tip for you. Last, well, yeah, last week was pretty bad. I'm like, I, I just didn't understand that. I'm like, okay, seriously, like, what the hell's going on now? Like, I don't, I, I'm at the point where at first mm. this was like hilarious. That like this downfall, I found it funny. What about the week before against the Cardinals? The like, Cardinals like was every... oh, the Cardinals was just was just beautiful. That's a different story. The Cardinals game was just was glorious. But last it like, week, it feels like every week is a new low for them. Yes. Well, that's exactly what I said. Even the win, even the win they had against the Giants on Christmas, we were like, feel like they won and they got booed off the field. Like, like you know what I'm saying? It it didn't feel like it, but. I don't know, man. You, you lose to the – I will say, if they do lose to Baker and the Bucks, it'd be a very fitting way to end what has been a just a, a really weird season for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see how that one goes. That will go Monday night. That will be the last game of Wild Card Weekend. So the AFC, let's start with Buffalo-Pittsburgh Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Steelers have won three in a row. The Bills have won five in a row. Like I mentioned earlier, TJ Watt will be out in this game. Um – Mason Rudolph probably gonna get start. Mason Rudolph's three and Mason Rudolph's got some like I don't think this dude is is no Steelers. I gotta say this game, the Steelers, Steelers are not like they're not a great team. I think they're not they're not a team that's super talented, young stuff on both ends of the ball. But like they're not a team that where I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to watch this game. You know what I'm saying? They don't have no. any guys where I'm like, we're like, I'm 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 dialed into watching the Steelers right now. I'm not. However, Pittsburgh against Buffalo, this game just screams like a typical playoff game. This game where I'm like, I feel like it's gonna be like gritty, cold. Snowy. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be physical. Yeah, it could be snowy. It could be raining. Like this to me just screams like old school playoff football that we've missed. For a while now, I'm kind of excited about the possibility of, of that coming back here. So get, I'm going to take the Bills in this one, 24-17. But like, I'm so here for it. I want this physical, gritty game between two two Dermot and Tomlin, both defensive style guys. I know this is going to be a very physical game. I'm looking forward to this one. But I like the Bills 24-17. However, I do think this is a game that Buffalo can lose. If they play reckless yeah. and they turn it over, they could be done. And I wouldn't be surprised. If if TJ Watt was in uh, different story. I'd be I'd be much more calm. Like I'd be much more willing to give Pittsburgh a chance in this game because he's worth like you when we talk about like players that are worth points, it's always a quarterback, but like he's probably the only defensive guy and considering he's on Pittsburgh, he's worth points. Um so I, I got Buffalo 27-13. Um, yeah, I'd feel much better of an upset if DJ uh, Watt was in there. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's a huge loss for Pittsburgh. Like, this is it's just the wrong time where you want to defense. Arguably probably the best player on their team. Um, so it, hands down. Yeah. yeah. But, but, that's, but, but even, even with that being said, like, Josh Allen, the dude can play so reckless. Like, I could – picking this game too like it's just it's like i said at the in the beginning of the episode it's gonna the buffalo bill season is gonna come down to number 17 
Like this defense, I think will do enough to keep him in games. They're going to run the football. Their old line, but can Josh Allen take them to the promised land? I got to say this right now: if Baltimore, Buffalo, San Francisco, or Dallas, if one of those four teams does not win the Super Bowl this year, it's a huge disappointment for all four of those teams. Actually, not even a huge disappointment, a massive disappointment for all four Who of those that? teams. Baltimore, San Francisco, Buffalo, and Dallas. Those four teams. Like, if there is a year to do it, because I was going to say this earlier when you were talking. What about what about uh, Kansas City? The Chiefs won it last year. Like, the, Chief, the Chiefs suck. Like, it's you know what? They've already done it. Like, B, I'm trying to go in a direction of something to prove. You know what I'm saying? Mahomes has already done it. Philly? So, you know, Philly, Philly's just trash. <laughs> like, they, they, yeah, they have something to prove, but, like, I can't see it. Like, they, they haven't given me. Those won five straight. Dallas is red hot. The Niners have been red hot at times this season. And the Ravens look like the best team in football. Lamar has had slim to none uh, success in the postseason. The Dallas Cowboys, slim to none success in the postseason. Kyle Shanahan and this Niners team, the hump of the NFC Championship, let alone the Super Bowl, even in the Super Bowl, had success in that. Shanahan has, has got to break off that stupid fourth quarter nonsense in the Super Bowl. I'm talking about dudes that like have have had something to prove. They've been there, but they haven't had that opportunity. This is literally the biggest opportunity and the opportunity for all four of these teams to take it. Like the Lombardi is right there for you for any of these four teams. If neither of these four win it, huge disappointment in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's a huge disappointment for um yeah. Uh, I'm literally, I mean, when you say like Josh Allen, he, he can he, they go as far as he goes. Um, it's really like the, the quarterback on every single one of these teams, it's like, oh, my God, like same thing with Tua, basically. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, I don't think – obviously, I don't think Tua's ceilings as high as Josh Allen's, but, I mean, same thing with him. He can shoot you right out the game or shoot you right in the game. Um, same thing with, you know, like Jared Goff. Same thing with um, Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? It feels like every single one of these quarterbacks, even your boy, Brock Purdy, like he's probably got the safest, like the highest floor because of how good the rest of his team is. But like um, we've seen sometimes where it's like, oh, my God, you know, um, so it's like every single one of these guys, Dak, we've seen it every single time he's in the playoffs. He shoots himself in the foot. So mm-hmm. this is why this this playoffs is about to be so weird because it's like I really don't trust any of these quarterbacks. And who's who's gonna shoot themselves in the foot the least? Because they're it's, it might just be like every single game is one of those two a Josh Allen games where no you want it no you take it like. But that that's exactly my point is that this is the season where all of these dudes that I just named are all people that have had brutal moments in the postseason throughout their career and they have something like. You know what I mean? They they they, have, they need mm-hmm. to get the monkey off their back. It's like with Harbaugh, mm-hmm. right? Last night, right? He's always had that monkey on his back. Now it's gone, right? We, there's no more. We can never talk about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan winning the national championship again because now it has happened. But Lamar Jackson, there was still a massive monkey on that dude's back. Josh Allen, massive monkey off on this dude's back. He's got to lead Buffalo to a Super Bowl. Lamar's got to have that signature playoff win, get to the AFC championship game. The Niners have got to try and win the Super Bowl here because that monkey's still on... Shanahan's back. Purdy's still super young. I wouldn't say there's anything on his back yet. 
Um, and then Dak Prescott and the Cowboys is like the the biggest monkey on their back over anyone. So all four of these teams, it's like you've all you've had all this bad success in the or bad, you know, bad moments in the playoffs. Now's your time to really go out and take that and, and win the whole thing. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's it? Um, Miami, Kansas City. That game will go Saturday night here. Um, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in week nine in an ugly game in Germany, 21-14. The Chiefs have not scored over 30 um, since week 12 against the Raiders, and they've only scored 30 points three Early. times. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah, they've only scored over 30 points three times this season. And this will be Tyreek's return to Arrowhead. I got to say this right now. I Oh, God. I want to pick the Dolphins to win an upset here because I can honestly see it happening because the Chiefs have been that bad. But every time I say that, they let me down. And so I just don't think it's going to happen. Give me the Chiefs 27-24 in this game. Like, I just don't think the Dolphins have what it takes to really go out there. Does Tua really have what it takes to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes and go in Arrowhead and win this game? Like, is are they really going to put our big boy pants on and win this game? They, they can do it, but I just don't believe – I don't think anybody believes that they can. This is the epitome of all these games right now. It's where it's like the Chiefs aren't good. Such a prime opportunity to beat the Chiefs. Um, but then the Dolphins have never beaten anybody. So it's like, <laughs> uh, I, I guess the Chiefs do win this one. You know what I mean? It's just exactly. Like, oh, my God. This is like the ideal game for this whole playoffs um, in that way. So, yeah, give me the Chiefs. Although I can see a world where Tyreek Hill goes bonkers for 200 yards and we have a high-scoring game. Um I don't think that's going to happen with the way these two teams are playing. Give me the Chiefs, um, 19-16. Oh, God. I hope not. I hope it more than that. I do. I Honestly, I, I hope this is a good game because on paper, this is a good game. So I really hope it's not the same trash that we saw earlier in the season, 21-14. No, I want to see the fireworks. I want to see Tyree go for 200, even though we literally both said that that was going to happen last time, and it so did not happen. So I'm hoping it happens this time. And I hope that this is the game that that actually up. Like, give me the shootout that I want to see between Miami and Kansas City. And then lastly, the opening game on Saturday will be between the Browns and Texans. And C.J. Stroud, again, Flacco, this is just gravy for this dude. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been there. He's done that. This dude knocked off Peyton Manning. This dude's knocked off Tom Brady multiple times in the playoffs. He's knocked off Big Ben. He played against those Steelers defenses. This is a joke to him. You know what I'm saying? Like Flacco going into Houston wildcard weekend. He's like, I'm just here to have some fun. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like, you know, you like go to a pickup run and it's like, <laughs> oh, there's this 45-year-old man. But it's like, yeah, that dude played overseas in the pros and he's just killing everybody. He's like, yeah, he's just fooling around, having fun. That's what it feels like to me Flacco's doing. Yes, he, he reminds me of one of like these like these ex CFL players in one of in one of my like touch leagues or t- that I used to play in the league, and they're like, "Oh, screw it, my time is done. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna join touch football and just tear up these leagues in here." That's what Flacco's doing. He's like, "My time is done, but hey, I'm gonna come back and have some fun and just you know tear this up." And hey, who knows? Maybe maybe I might get back to an AFC Championship or a Super Bowl while we're at it. I got a defense to do it. I got a coach to do it. I got a receiver to throw to. Why not? Um, and with that being said, I, I love what D'Amico Ryans has done this season. 
What an incredible season for him. What an incredible year for CJ Stroud. I actually think this game is going to be very good. Like, way better than the yeah, CJ Stroud. Is my, this is my second yeah. favorite game of the week. CJ, so CJ Stroud did not play in the Week 16 game. It was Case Keenum. If the Texans can just find a friggin' way to triple-team Amari Cooper, <laughs> this can be a better game. Because the last time they played, Amari Cooper went for 250 yards and absolutely lit them up. I hope the Texans can learn from their mistakes and manage to, to, um, to take care of Amari Cooper. But having said that, I'm going to take the Browns and their experience. I just think that the, the Texans, they're going to give the Browns everything they can. I think that Browns defense is going to give C.J. Stroud a tough time. I think the lights are going to be too bright for the young Texans. Give me the Browns 30. to. I think the Texans, they're going to put on a show. This Texans team knows how to do that. They play a lot of grit. Um, but give me the Browns. But this is this is so much of a better game than people think. This game might actually be better than the Chiefs really like Dolphins it. game on I Peacock. Think I think I think it is. Um, I really wish these two teams weren't playing each other because these are two of the teams that I, two of the teams I like the most in in this whole playoffs. Really, like I don't want like I'd rather have you know them kind of switch it up and one of them plays the Chiefs, one of them plays the Dolphins, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I got the Browns. Um, Browns might be my favorite team left, to be honest. I, I don't know why. I just really like them. Give me the Browns. Um, give me the Browns 28-21. Uh, a great season for, for Houston and, and CJ Stroud and your boy, but you know, man, that's it's, it's tough. You know what it is, you know what it is, B, and I hate to say this because I guess that just goes to show how freaking old we're getting now. I think we're just holding on to the fact that there is a quarterback from our childhood days that's still sticking around and playing at a, an elite level because when Brady was still here with the Bucks, what were we doing? Oh, no, Brady. We still want to watch Tom Brady. We still want to watch him. When Ben was playing like complete trash with the Steelers, but no, no, with Ben, the Steelers always have a chance. I think that's the real because we've been thinking of all these mid-quarterbacks the whole year, and we got Joe Flacco, a dude that we've been watching, you know, when we were much younger, just tearing up the NFL right now. It's the same thing when, when we watch college ball. It's like all players are gone, right? It's like who's left? We tend to end up watching and cheering and rooting for them. And I think it is for Flacco and why we're enjoying that so much because all these dudes are gone, right? Brady's gone. Ben's gone. Manning's gone. All, the, all those guys are gone, man. It's really like, though, it's like, it really does feel like it's like one of those old heads being like, man, you should have seen the quarterback play when we were watching. It. Yes. Back in the day, you know? <laughs> but, like, it's facts, though, because you could bear – and we were supposed to be in this freaking golden era, like, three years ago when Mahomes first burst onto the scene. It was like, oh, my God, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, all – whoever, Trevor Lawrence, like, whatever. But, man, it really feels like I've been watching way too many throwback Tom Brady highlights and seeing – him and Peyton doing it's like damn we really don't get even like 25 percent of that these days <laughs> like yes yes I I mean we've had some great battles between Allen and Mahomes and Burrow on the last few years I mean I, I will especially no but see those couple years we weren't we weren't doing any of that because like we could still appreciate it but like this year's just been like wow awful back 10 years please yeah 100 percent but having said that um if the Chiefs and Bills do win this we will get round three of Mahomes and Allen in the postseason this time. So that is something to keep an eye on as well in that one. But yeah, I'm gonna take the Browns over Houston, thirty to twenty-seven, and that. And yeah, the the two old heads in the playoff right now, Matthew. 
both sticking around as wild cards, balling. Both quarterbacks. Yeah. You, you, you can make a case. Both of them have been two of probably the, the best quarterbacks over the last several weeks of the regular season have been Matthew mm. Stafford and Joe Flacco. So we'll get a chance to see both those guys a little over the week. Man, any f- final thoughts? No, man. This is this is getting really exciting now. This is I can't. I honestly can't remember a year like this when I have no read on who's gonna like. I really have no read on this whole playoff picture. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really exciting though. If the Niners don't win it this year, man, I I I don't yeah, know. You 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 are not sleeping for the next month. You're not sleeping. <laughs> No, I I might have to start getting into like curling or golf or something. I just I just I I don't know. I might be done with that. Like this after this, this whole conversation for the last hour. I after this talking, can we just put this to rest here? Like if we we can't win this thing, I don't know what to tell you at this point. But it, this this should be some solid games this week, and I'm looking forward to all of them except for right Eagles, Bucks, and then Chiefs, Dolphins. I hope is a shootout. <laughs> But but Brown Texas should be great. Rams Lions should be great. Um, Bill Bill Steelers has potential. Should see. Should be good. Super Bowl card weekend begins on Saturday, and then we'll go through three games on Sunday, and then you got the Monday night game there. Divisional weekend next weekend, where the Ravens and Niners will play there. Also, before we leave off here, Falcon Smith Commanders fired Ron Rivera, and the Titans fired Mike Vrabel. So now we have six teams. We looking for. So I guess we will kind of jump on that um, next week. But I do variable th- next week at some point because that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was kind of – I feel like it's just kind of run its course at this point. I mean, just new face in there. It has. It uh, Yeah, and I think Tennessee's definitely looking in a different direction at this point. But it'll be very – um, where they go. So I think Vrabel will definitely will definitely find another spot. Um, and then obviously your Patriots, what are they going to do with Belichick? So we'll see what happens. See what happens next week if we got some news there. But that'll do it from, from this episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Keep it locked. We've got a lot more NFL playoff content coming your way. And we'll see you all next week. Super Bowl again. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.